Hello, my name is Jessica Brown, and welcome to the DEI Perspective. I have with me today Mr. Nicholas Delore. He lives in Marysville and has graduated from Marysville High School in 2021. While furthering his education, he seeks a degree here at SC4 in graphic design. And during his high school years, he decided to pursue the arts, work within his strengths, and trying to get an, a career in character design for movies and video games, and to act in stage plays as a hobby or backup career. One of Nicholas' favorite hobbies is drawing different characters, which he's taught himself through the years, although on the autism spectrum, he chose not to let it hold him back as he continued to accomplish life skills and live by making at least one person's day. Hi, Nicholas. It's uh, great hi. to have you today. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. It's so great to have you here today as with myself and others. Uh, this is a very very powerful and important topic. Um, obviously, with Autism Awareness Month coming up in April, we're so happy that you chose to share with us your own personal story, um, as as well as educate us on autism. So we're just going to jump right in, Nicholas. And um, can you just educate us and talk about what is autism? What does it mean to be on the spectrum in your own personal story? Of course, I'd be more than happy to explain uh, in my own terms. Well, Autism is basically a shortened term for uh, autism spectrum disorder. It is supposed to be a uh, an array of like different symptoms that like it may affect a person like socially or like physically. Like it really depends. Like it's called a spectrum because like the effects can vary between people, and it's really hard for me to explain that way. As far as I know, I'm on a more mild side of the spectrum whereas some may be like maybe harder for them to like speak maybe harder for them to like understand to learn certain topics and like they gotta have like certain forms of help but like regardless they're still loving life and they are still enjoying it regardless yeah and that I think that's so important like you mentioned um even with your own personal being on the autism spectrum there's so many different layers I actually in my previous role here at SC4 I assist a lot of students that were on the spectrum and they would always mention you know their own personal stories and perspectives but also saying you know they want to normalize their day-to-day -day activity and want to be treated as equal and know that you have the same strengths or abilities and want that to be shown um, can you share in terms of what your own personal childhood was like growing up with autism of course it ain't no problem uh, one thing I want to get out of the way is that life pretty much is normal whether you're on the spectrum or not it just like it depends on how you tackle it and like mm -hmm. once you find out this information I found out pretty late early on because uh I'll explain I believe I was diagnosed when I was like three years old I didn't talk a lot and my parents, like, they were still pretty new to the whole autism thing. They weren't sure about, like, how I was going to do in life and socially, physically, whatever it was. Like, they they were worried, and, like, since it was new to them, they had every right to worry about it. But, like, my father, like, most of my parents, like, they have especially, like, educated themselves further on it as, like, I guess one example of them worrying about, like, I didn't get all my immunizations as a kid because there was that rumor spreading around back then that supposedly uh, vaccines caused autism. And my parents weren't sure as to, like, whether that rumor was true or not. So, like, they wanted to take their chances. And, like, I only got some of my immunizations. But, like, 
I'm happy to say that like my father further educated himself on it. The whole autism causes or vaccines cause autism thing was a hoax. Uh, he's definitely like learned and like he encourages me to like get the rest of my immunizations. Unfortunately, like I wish I could say the same about my mother though. But like, hey, that's her personal opinion on the matter, and I will still respect it as such. Yeah, and I appreciate you bringing that out, Nicholas, because I know um, over the years, and I've personally heard, you know, those questions being asked and not really knowing how well-educated people are and just wanting to find a safe space to have that conversation. So to talk with you on it, um, I think is very important um, in regards to just the symptoms or the diagnosis you mentioned that you didn't really speak as much was there any other signs or that was like the primary that you weren't speaking were there other evaluations that had to be done well I suppose like in elementary school like when I did start speaking I was a bit more behind socially in life than I was like I believe I was about like five years old but I still acted as if I were like two or three because there were certain subjects that I couldn't understand. And like, it like upset me. I was, I was prone to like throwing myself on the floor and throwing a tantrum and like that, I really couldn't help because of my placement socially. Mm -hmm. So like I ended up uh, taking special ed classes and like, those were like absolutely helpful because like me being on spectrum, it's not as pronounced as it used to be. Like, I continued taking them throughout uh, elementary school. I had some help from my parapros in uh, middle school and high school. Like, they carried those out, and, like, I had IEP meetings where I got to talk about what I wanted to do in life. And, like, I feel like all that really helped me out and, like, shaped me who I want to be. Although I'm still kind of the behind socially, I'm starting to get a better understanding of things on the side of common sense. And that's also... Not just thanks to my school, but like thanks to my parents, mm-hmm. my uh, my father, my mother, my stepmother, my sister. Like I appreciate all their help, and like I always remind them how much I appreciate it. And that's great because to have a huge support system plays a part in anyone's developmental, emotional needs. And so that's great to hear that your parents and your family are supporting you in this way. Um, you know, when they talk about again um, the autism being on the autism spectrum. Is there a cure or treatment? I know that's another question that people want to ask and they don't know how to ask that. Okay, I'm just going to give the short answer. Okay. Is there a cure? No, because autism is not a disease. It is a like disorder. It is literally in the medical terminology, autism spectrum disorder. And uh, basically like there are treatments to help like numb the, symptoms a bit so that way like some people can like perform better in life like through their shortcomings like I know I've been performing better and that's because of my uh special ed classes that I took throughout uh my school years k through 12 so yeah like there are treatments to like help people uh but there is like definitely no cure as far as I'm concerned And I appreciate, Nicholas, that you even highlighted about the special education. I think that's another um, stigma that needs to be removed in regards to our special education system, that in the right format, you can have 
accommodations that support you in your learning needs and giving you that additional support that you need. Um, how does autism affect you as a student? Now, we do have accommodations here at SC4 where um, our disability services, um, Ann McPherson leads that office, and we make sure that we offer accommodations for our students to meet their academic needs. Um, how does it affect you as a student here? Well, I've talked with Ann McPherson plenty of times, and she's absolutely wonderful mm -hmm. at what she does. I cannot recommend her enough. Uh, as a student, like, I've had accommodations throughout, and, like, I haven't really, like, needed them as much, but I still had them just in case because I know, like, whether I needed, like, to take my time putting my stuff in my locker so that way I'm not late to class, uh, if I needed to take a, a quiet excuse me for a moment i'm just trying to like think off the top of my head oh sure uh, when i took tests i would always prefer to have it in a quiet place so that way like i was just surrounded by people that could like like mutter like whisper like pencils <laughs> scratching against their uh yeah so yeah like i always enjoyed like having a quiet place to take my tests i feel like it helped out like it helped me focus on the actual assignment yeah and uh as far as accommodations go, like, besides having more time to pack and having more time to, like, take tests, I think, uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, like, I just had the IEP meetings, too, and, like, my parapros, uh, my caseload teachers, they were all extremely helpful towards that. So, like, I can't really name anything else on the top of my head. No, that's great, Nicholas. And also, um, I love the fact that, you know, when there are services that we provide, you as a student obviously know that you have the drive you, de you dig deep within yourself to make sure that you highlight your own personal strengths and your own personal academic and career goals. And what we're trying to also educate when it comes to disability services is that we can have all of these resources in place, but it's really up to the student to dig deep and work hard to achieve those goals. Um, another stigma you want to remove is that accommodations are there to allow students to kind of have it easier. And that's not the case because the support is there but you have to do all the hard work <laughs> yeah basically it's just saying like they'll let you like slip and fall a couple of times they might help you up a little Correct. bit but like you'll have to like get yourself up a couple of times too and like again the help is there if you need it it's just like you're absolutely learning to like help yourself up on your own exactly and so, Nicholas, you know, what do you want other people to know about the autism spectrum disorder and how can we better educate ourselves? Well, first of all, like, I think it's like best for me to say not to listen to like big charity organizations like Autism Speaks, because oh. as far as I know, like they do not speak for us. They it influences like how the media portrays autism as like it's a very skewed point of view because like some people are like afraid to understand about it and like hell some people are afraid about like their children ending up on the spectrum and it's like again like it's understandable where it may come from but it's some it's something that you don't absolutely have to be afraid of because there is going to be help out there and like regardless if your kid is on the spectrum or not they're going to lead an absolutely normal life there's just going to be like a couple of hurdles in place but it's as my old man says like Life is absolutely unpredictable. There's going to be a bunch of hurdles, like, coming at you left and right. So while life may not be exactly 100% as you thought it would be, it's still a good life in the end. 
Yeah, that's excellent, Nicholas. And I appreciate you joining me today, sharing your personal story and just being um, an example of what it means to push through any barriers that you may have to succeed. It has been really a pleasure having you on the DEI perspective today. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm happy to have been here. And thank you for joining us. This has been the DEI Perspective. Thank you.